So, um, I'm here on the Narrow Road podcast with uh, Julian Kiniston. Now, before the guest gets to talk, I generally give him an intro. I tell him everyone what he's done, where he's been. With this gentleman, I don't need to. Everyone knows who Julian Kiniston is. I'm sat in his palatial offices in Leeds in, at Propaganda. Um, Julian, just want to say thank you so much um, for doing this. Really, really appreciate it. Um, access to you is tight, I know, so I'm proud that I've uh, managed to get here. So, Julian, uh, we'll, we'll crack on. I know time's tight. Um, what was young Julian like? Um, I, I guess I always think about young Julian appearing at about 13. I'm not saying it was a blur prior to that, but I suppose nothing... You know, the only thing significant that would have happened prior to that was due to my dad moving jobs in the fire service. Right. We moved from Netherton, where I was born, where my grandparents lived. We moved to Murfield. All right. Um, and then when I was eight, we then moved to Denbydale. It's interesting now, isn't it? We're at a time when men are encouraged to open up and be um, uh, candid with problems yeah. and things. And certainly... Yeah. I've got no problem saying and that <laughs> qualifies why I've no problem saying it in a bit, but I've got no problem saying that any kids at that age who move schools get bullied. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just part, yeah. part of the course, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I remember my Murfield experience school-wise not being a great one. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to be dragged to school on the first day. Yeah. What age was this? Five, I guess as young as I could have been at school. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Let's five, just six, say five or six. Yeah. If you know Murphy, which I think you do, there's that huge bridge at the Lower Opton. Yeah. One of my vivid memories, which still impacts me to this day, is it was the, the water level was incredibly high. Yeah. And there's a six-year-old in a town that you didn't know going to a school you'd never been to. That kind of visual of walking mm. across this bridge with water that should have been 30 foot below you that were 3 foot below yeah. you I mean it was just kind of stuck with me to this day yeah, if yeah. ever there's a flood now a flood I go down to Murphy yeah, and yeah. that river yeah. it's just an iconic takes vision, you back vision takes me mm. back even the smell of it so, I was going to say the smell you know so I, I, um, I went to school and uh, it was okay but there was a bully there and I call classic bullies he got his little sidekick I know his name I'm not going to name him because no. He probably got all the issues tenfold we had at home when, yeah. you, when you get a bit older yeah. and you understand that his yeah. dad were probably beating him up yeah. and I've got to be honest even as much as I say I was bullied I don't think there was ever any physical contact no. but it was the threat of yeah. physical contact that's, wor that's worse isn't it yeah, the so fear you know, of what it, might you, happen you, you're sat in school and all you're that thinking about is how am I going to get out yeah. and turn my mum in yeah. time for him not to do what he says yeah. he's going to do yeah. um, so yeah, that wasn't great. And, and, it, and, um, and then when we moved at eight, I kind of used the opportunity to reinvent myself mm. and, and slightly naively. I remember walking into then Denbydale Guild Place and everybody went, who are you? And in true kind of Yorkshireism and dialect, I said, oh, I was the cock of my old yeah, school. fantastic. <laughs> I think, and I got in a fight straight yeah. away. Great uh, sales pitch. Yeah. Well, you know, it is a, it was an opportunity to reinvent, you know, and that will crop up in the. And how old are you at this point? Future, I was eight. How many eight-year-olds think like that? Yeah, no, and I did do desperately yeah. right. I'm going to completely kind of reprofile myself, da 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 da, da. and you know, and, and even then, this is quite interesting to what I do for a living. I would have made that the truth. Yeah. I would have said yeah. it enough yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. To begin to believe it. Yeah, spoke it into existence. Yeah, spoke it into existence. At 16-year-old, 17, I was absorbed into, and it's well chronicled, and there is no issue in me talking about it, because I think whatever decade I would have been born into, I would have been drawn into the dominant youth culture. Right. I'd have been a mod, I'd have been a teddy yeah. boy. But for me, it was the age of the football casual. Right, yeah. And you know, I'm talking about a, a specific situation when... What, what uh, year are we talking here? 82, 83, you know, I would have been a... Um, I, w I was taken to a football match, I had my black crombie yeah. on, I got my dot mines on, I got my skin-tight black things on, I, you know. I was always known a bit gothy at school. Yeah. 
I went into this um, football match and I couldn't, I, I was actually, uh, I got drawn in with some Leeds guys to go and watch Leeds at Barnsley. Right. This is funny because if anybody listening to us now, I'm a Barnsley fan, which is another story. Um, How old are you then here at this point? This must be 15, 16. But this is kind of the culmination of my reinvention. Yeah. When, you know, go back into my past, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bullied kid like many are, 15, 16, all of a sudden now I am in a place where I have just witnessed, and I can remember the moment now we sat and I said to my friend who took me to the match, who are those guys over there? Because in those days, clothing was only ever black or brown or beige. Yeah. And it was, you, know, you go back to that era, there were no, and, and there's, there's this pocket of 50 youths that are wearing sky blue, yellow, pink, and, and to me, they're just like the softest looking set of pounds yeah. you've ever yeah. seen. And he went, that nah, shit, that's the Leeds United kind of service crew. Yeah. It, it transpired, it was actually Leeds' VYT, very young team. They were in the Barnsley end. Yeah. And the minute it, they went 1 0 down, let's say, they were on the pitch and they were hand to hand, these 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids were going out to hand with minors twice their age yeah. and three times yeah. the size. And it was a vision that today just absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. And I got home that night, I mean, I had lots of conversations on the journey of, oh, are they, why are they, what were they wearing, what were those things? And I got home that night and I remember just going in my mum's clothes drawer and finding a white roll neck, which I managed to put under a red V-neck. Yeah. And then three weeks later on from that, I got the wardrobe and I'd infiltrated. Right. Infiltrated is a really silly word. I think it's it? a right word, though. But yeah, I'd it's infiltrated. Based on trust these relationships, um, that very same yeah. group of youth at Leeds. So I, all of a sudden, from seeing them three weeks later, I was running with them. Yeah. And I also then started at that age to go back to Netherton, where I was born, because Netherton was kind of one of the villages who latched onto this youth culture of casuals very early yeah. on. Um, so I'd spend my time essentially fighting either at football right. or village fighting, yeah. which was far, far worse. I mean, we got to understand at football, which is where all the headlines come from, at best you've got quick running, quick tap, and away you go. Yeah, yeah. Now a village, which were Leeds in those days, we were fighting every single night of the week. And that's no exaggeration. No, we had, su- we had such a reputation as a group of Leeds United casuals in a village in Huddersfield yeah, yeah. that every single night of the week we had gangs coming from Huddersfield, the HYC boys. We had Bradford coming over. We would have Sheepridge Lock coming up. There would be Halifax and Ovenden. It were every single night of the week. And how old are you again at this point? Are you, have you graduated a bit age-wise? No, no, we're 16, 17, 18 still. So still, you know, a, still, 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 still a kid. Still a kid. And, we were just, I don't know what, I don't know what it was because, and here's the piece where it all becomes relevant as to what I end up doing and what I do now, but apart from two of us, or, or three of us, the predominant numbers in our little gang, sounds childish, doesn't it, weren't very tough. Yeah. But there was a correlation of being, of what you were wearing and how your brain worked. Yeah. And, and, I, and I've said, and it's going to sound crazy, if we wouldn't have been dressed as well as we were, I, I honestly, I think we'd have been kicked in every night. But we looked the bollocks. Yeah. You know, we were kids that had got a 500 pound Armani jumper yeah. on when we yeah. were only earning 100 yeah. quid a week. Yeah, you yeah. you're projecting an image, we, we, you? We, we were just transforming from, it was almost like a superhero putting his cape yeah, on it. Yeah, and again, yeah. it sounds silly. No, no, I totally get but it. But that would have been my first encounter with an emotional brand. What? And I wouldn't have used that term. I wouldn't have said, oh, there's a brand there and it's having an emotional effect on me. But the truth was, there was a brand there. It was either Feeler or Lacoste yeah, yeah, or yeah. Pringle right yeah. at the outset, or it would have been latterly in these day and age, Stone Island or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But that brand was having a, a physical material effect on how confident I believed I was. Yeah. And what an incredible thing that is. I mean, when you make it as explicit as that, that the same person stood there, dressed from M&S, bless, versus the same person there who's got 2,000 pounds yeah. worth of gear on, yeah. he believes he's twice as physically 
strong capable. or brave or capable, great word as him, that is branding. That is branding in the best articulation I could ever give it because that's that crazy talk, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's crazy talk. But yet when you get older, you think to yourself, that wasn't new. Armies branded themselves yes. for yeah. centuries. I mean, it, you know, look at the Roman army. If that's not a, a choreographed intimidation yes. visual, yes. I don't know what yes. it is. And then, yes. you know, uh, curse them in hell forever. You then see the Nazis come up, yeah. who took that to probably its most extreme yeah. manifestation. And, and under that branding, they could turn perfectly reasonable people yeah. Yeah. Into into monsters, monsters. Man. Yeah, you know. So, I, I was in the middle of seeing the power of a label. Did you at that point? Did you understand what it was doing for you? Well, I understood it were earning me a few quid because I was I was on a YTS as a screen printer, so I was forging uh, Rob <laughs> Rob the Capper uh, t-shirts. Um, I'd buy white t-shirts at thirty a time. I'd print them with the back-to-back -back male and female image and kappa, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd bag them up and I'd sell them for a five or a tenner each, which was a real income supplement. Of course, yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, and it was... Uh, Pe people, it people sort of label that as a classic entrepreneur, you know, at a young age. Were you that person, do you think? I was the, I was the person who was... I was always skinned, yeah. first and foremost. I mean, I, I, I went on the... YTS, the Thatcher Youth. Mm. People keep telling me every time I mention it, they were on 25 quid, so I don't know whether I got duped because I can tell you, I were on £17.50 a week, I ain't going to forget it. And I got my £17.50 and my mum took a fiver for board and then I owed the rest in debt. So essentially, every time I got paid, I went backwards. Yeah. Um, my nan had lent me a tenner. I always remember a great time when, and this is why today I always have to have cash on me. Yeah. Because of this one moment. Um, I, I, I didn't have, I'd, I'd been paid and I got no money. Um, I got £10 off my night. So I walked to Netherlands from Denverdale because I had to be there. That's where yeah. the guys were, but I was still living there then. Yeah. Um, so I walked down on Friday night. I got there for 7 o'clock. It's not a big walk, but it's a, too long for yeah. <laughs> not normal yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, got, I got there, my nan lent me 10 quid. I walked into the Bowman Arms. I started printing a jukebox and I was down to my last 10 per jukebox. Uh, bandit. Bandit, yeah, yeah. Slot machine, yeah, yeah, bandit. Yeah. I'm putting this money into the bandit and I'm down to my last 10 pence. So essentially, half an hour into when I am, thinking yeah. I've blown it. I've done. Yeah. And the last 10 pence dropped me the jackpot and it held three times. Right. How much was that? Can you remember? 20 quid. Right. Double your money. He had lost, <laughs> lost it down to 10 and be then a double more money. And it, I think that moment, because it, it haunts me, that it was just a balance of bad going to worse financially. And then how lucky I was to suddenly get that money back. And, you know, m m money's always kind of been a, a pressure because I don't ever want to have no money. Yeah. You know, I don't want to have no money. And it's, that's stemming purely from that? That, that, the, that moment and the need to wear £3,000 of the clothing when yeah. you're on a £17.50 YTS. Yeah. So you're going to supplement that income with whatever you can. Yeah. So that forced you to find other means. I had to. The, the yeah, because the one them. thing that was not up for consideration was wearing cheap clothes. Yeah, crap clothes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that affected you know. your, how you felt about yourself. I, I'd sold myself to the devil. I was in there, yeah. and when I commit, I commit. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I commit, and uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a phenomenal time because I, I, I probably think I nearly got killed two or three times. Certainly, knives were more common than they are now. Yeah. There's all the hype, but you know, certain scrapes that were really bad. I mean, I've been put in hospital through violence and everything else. Yeah. But, but you know, it, I look back at the ones where we were just severely outnumbered and think, God, if that had worked out another way, we'd be dead. What What are you thinking at the? Is it? Is it adrenaline that's, that's, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an addiction, it's, is a, that? it's an addiction, it's adrenaline, it's camaraderie, it is something that I'm afraid mankind has had from year dot. Yeah. Uh, and, and of late, this island that we're in, right up until the emergence of MTV, the biggest export we had in this island was youth culture. Mm. We triggered every youth culture there was. 
you know, I mean, imagine, you know, being, looking at this island and looking at what the mods did or, yeah. what, the te- or what the punks did. I mean, we, yeah. the world just sat looking. Like the way it just it. sat looking at England and said, just tell us what to do next. <laughs> so we must never underestimate the tangible nature of those uh, cultures. Yeah. And I, and I do look at um, the character Phil Daniel plays in Quadrophenia, who was too obsessed with it. Right. And I think I was too obsessed with yeah. it, but I do get too obsessed. And now I get too obsessed deliberately as a strategy yes. to to give a shit. Yeah. And that'll be for a client. Yeah. You know, I don't just deal with a client's challenge. I will absorb myself in that challenge. So to, to say that, I, I would suggest, not knowing you, that if you're putting everything into it, you've got to believe in that client as well. Again, question on question, but I think... You know, when you are starting up, you do not have the luxury of, of saying no to business. Mm. Um, we now have the luxury. Yeah, yeah. That gives us a slight advantage. If it means we only work on the stuff we want to work on, then in theory the output's better. Yeah, yeah. But if we only work on the stuff that we think's good anyway, then that's great because you can't make good of something that's not good. Yeah. There were many wannabe designer labels trying to crash in on that football craze yeah. that never caught on. What because, life? Do you remember? Oh, Angelo... Oh, crikey. Crikey, <laughs> there you go, I'm getting Joshua. Uh, there was one called Angelo Santini. Angelo Santini. I and I think you'll have heard it. And it did its launch. It yeah. marketed itself well and it got in all the stores and no one bought it no. because essentially whatever, the spark wasn't there, the backstory were there. I think looking at it, it brought nothing new. It was just a plagiarism yeah. of everything else. Yes. And it, it, it underestimated how intelligent the buyers were. Because yes. the buyers weren't, they were buying, we were buying stuff that we were seeing on Miami Vice. You know, we were yeah. all watching Miami Vice yeah. on a Saturday night before we went out. And we were obsessed with Armani. Or, or you know, we were obsessed with whatever else they were wearing. It, a lot of it were infused from, from that. Yeah. And brought from that. So when somebody just tries to come being lazy. and a brand and says, actually, we've no heritage, yeah. there isn't a backstory to mm. me. You can't research anything about it because it's not there. But just a logo. You know, guess what? We know what you're trying to do. You're trying yeah. to catch it. It's not that easy. I think the underestimated thinking these are just guys, hooligans that will buy whatever. No, they were. Look, there were nothing more discerning than the mods and the teddy boys. I mean, the mods were, again, quadrophenia. The best film about football hooliganism that's not about football hooliganism but it captures the culture better than any football hooliganism films ever captured it because fashion and that laddism of of camaraderie and 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 even the girls and the way that there's a certain section of girls that it attracts yes yes yeah 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 you know um it, it it can't be underestimated it's a very very significant machine many brands have tried to tap into it what you do you think? Why? What do you think they're doing wrong then? The ones that are, that are trying to get into this, whatever circle it is. Well, I think if you if you look at the brands in question that that scene of um, adopted, then I, I don't think it's any surprise mm. that those are really great brands. Yeah. One, they have a rich backstory. Two, their design that they bring through is phenomenal. Mm. So you know you may have the backstory of the whole Burberry or Aqua mm. scooter, which is pioneering rainwear you know at the time yeah. you know people who were textile designers 100 years ago 80 years ago working in labs trying to waterproof yeah. fabric yeah. Um, who had the savviness to go after the royal warren who, who, who limited yeah. uh, and then applied beautiful design to that performance based outfit you know that's a lot of time craft energy and getting mm. it wrong before you get yes. it right yeah, yeah. you know you look at stone island or cp company these are people that have led textile engineering and pushed yeah. it further than anybody else yeah. people don't see that though people do they? don't see the, the, that the, the, but, the, but there's no way your typical soccer guy is just going to go out and, uh, and, and buy anything because mm. of a price tag like people have tried and failed yeah and i think that's true of lots and lots of brands out there that have gone out and they've thrown money at a project yeah. in the belief that people will just buy them. People are relatively sophisticated. Exactly. The brand people are sophisticated. So it's a, a feel of, do you think it's like a, a need of belonging for the, for the use the, the, the football? Be, be, belonging is a good word. And, and certainly I think that 
your football pals as and again I've got to keep saying as would your northern soul pals yeah. or your skinhead pals or whatever I've got to say I don't think it's a different youth culture I think it looks different essentially I think it's got the same heart mm. as all of them and violence was a part of all of them in the football hooligan mm. game it just became the yeah. major yeah. part of it yeah. but let's not forget major part of it happens for one hour or two hours a day or yeah. a week yeah. the rest of it is still camera fashion. so for me fashion and music were, were a big part of that scene so how did you get out of that so it started to get a little bit messy I've got to be honest yeah. and um, I think when there were no mobile phones but when you were sat at your nanny granddad's house and there's people from Man United ringing you up threatening to take your life then you, you feel terrible for your nanny granddad you know but then the other one and, and you know here's the lovely story because me and the school always clash it's still kind of do a little bit but in a, in a grown up affectionate way um, I, I had a tussle at least I jumped into their end they didn't like that and I'm having my tea that night at my nan and granddad's because I brought them some hardship when I do stuff like this and 30, 40 of the HYC has stood outside the house. And now, how old are you? 17. You know, Kid, uh, aren't you? You know, 17, 18. And I, 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 I was told that night by the police who, who, who said, you know, we found like 25 flick knives. They, they, they were here to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, you, you wouldn't have got out of that, would you? Shit. No. Oh, got out of it. No, I mean, if, we, you, if we, you'd have got you, you wouldn't have got out, would you? You'd I, have been I, done. I don't know. I would refuse to accept that because yeah. I've been in scrapes and got out before. Yeah. I mean, um, we, you know, we were Leeds United in their village, in their town. I mean, looking from their point of view, it's yeah, not yeah. good. So, um, and, and, and that that was, you know, whilst I put a front on, I mean, we did really well that night. We'd mobbed up 10 minutes later and picked most of them off. So, get me wrong, we ain't, we ain't you know. But we, I, I, I know those guys now, and we, we they kind of love me. Do you know what? They love me for what I've done. Yeah, yeah. And outside of the whole football yeah, grievance, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, and, I, and I'm not saying this in any way beginning. I think they're quite proud of what I've done. I mean, I've met the Huddersfield top lads and know really well now, and they're really kind of proud. Oh, well, we look out for you in the paper. I think that's really lovely that outside of all that crap we had when we were younger, yeah. they just know exactly the same as them, but I've done all right. And well, I think they're like. Take some balls, though, to, do, to, to, to be a Leeds fan in the centre of Huddersfield town territory and not be ashamed and be vocal. Oh, no, we had balls. We had more, We had the biggest balls yeah. on the planet, yeah. you know, and we, we, we were great. We were a good team. I mean, you know, you watch the Wanderers and the Warriors films. I think yeah, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, but Acid House came along in and erected, you know, erected. Um, half the lads went loving up on Easter. Yeah. Manchester. <laughs> I hated it. I wanted to stay true to the cause, yeah. but it, it, it just split everybody up. Yeah. But it was, as I said, it was also getting serious as well. And the ones yeah. that were left were the ones that I think were obsessed about the yeah. violence. Yeah. And the ones that had gone were the ones that were going to go anywhere to yeah, whatever yeah. came next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was getting heavy. And I just decided I needed out. And I couldn't, I didn't know what to tell the guys. Because, because, the only way I could get out of the football guy, and I made a conscious decision that I want out, by the way, yeah, that's yeah. I, I, I want out. And when I made that conscious decision, I was left with this challenge of how am I going to get out? Yeah. Because it's me and I'm part of the yeah. I'm part of it, and, yeah. and they won't want me to go anywhere. No, no. I thought the only way I can get out is to tell them I'm going to go self. I'm listen. I'm just going to tell them I'm going self-employed, and it's pretty obvious. Sure, they can work out. And I can't have a black eye. And I can't. Right. Okay. What do I want to do? All oh, right. I'll tell you what. I'll do well. Do an ad agency because I'm, I'm a printer at that time. I'm, yeah. I'm working in the Oaks up at yeah. Huddersfield. I got the lucky job now and again to deliver print to agencies. I stank, I'd screen printing all over yeah. me. You walked in these palaces and I didn't know what they did, but I thought I want to do it. Yeah, yeah. So I said, right guys, uh, I'm, I'm forming an ad agency. And how old are you at this point? 19. So you've been 20. You've been in the, yeah. the firm, what, yeah, four or yeah. five years yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's right, I'm going to go for it. 21, I watched propaganda. Uh, and I remember telling them, and, and the, there was a period of quiet, and then one of the guys just went, well, you know where we are if there's a bad debt. That was it. That yeah. was kind of the end right. of that chapter. And then then it was really weird, because the minute I stepped out of that game, it some of the kind of problems in my life, that you might say, the, the violent events, yeah. they got worse then, because... 
when you've, when I'm, I'm actually been for a piss without 40 lads being around me for five, six years. Yeah. Then, yeah. then all of a sudden, you, your attitude ain't caught up with the reality that you're on your own. So I got into more dangerous scrapes after that because if anybody looked at me, I was still defaulting to type, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yet there were no backup there. So yeah. I, I had a few nasty little encounters there and, and, and I still drawn to football, although not with them. And I think at the minute whereby I just had to get out, there was yeah. an incident at Leeds that just I went on the I went just to watch a game, mm. and I just didn't like what were happening to this scene. It had all gone really uncool, and all the guys. What, what made it uncool? Oh, just tramps just coming in, and there were people. There were some guys in front of us, and they were shouting at these Bradford fans, and we'd never done that. We'd have just been really cool about yeah, it. Yeah. We might have eyeballed it. Yeah. You know, it just felt chavy. Yeah. And I just remember I've clicked and I tapped him on the shoulder. My mate looked at me and went, please don't know what you're about to do. And I just said, come on then, sunshine. He went, who are you? And I went, Bradford. I'd had enough. Because we looked like the Leeds players went, Bradford. And all hell kicked loose. And uh, I got barred from Leeds that day. Because just a few sentences back, you went clicked your fingers and you said I revert it to type. Did you have a short fuse? Yes. Did you have that before football or did football give you the short fuse? Football gave me the short fuse but I think it would always have oh, been there. It? it just shortened it maybe? No, it just showed me the on switch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I thought, oh, you know, I just, it, uh, I had so much passion for the casual scene that to see it being ruined by these horrible, yeah. scruffy urchins, I just I'd rather be Bradford than Leeds, I'm embarrassed by you. And that was it. And, and it was a hell of a, I think the TV cameras panned off onto it that bad on that match. And what, what happened to you? I just, I just got a bit of a pack and gave a bigger one back and then out arrested bad for life. Because like, what, what's stuck with me as you've been talking is, uh, a while back I said, um, you know, you wouldn't have got out of that. And you went, well yeah I would, I'd have got out of, yeah. you know, bigger scrapes. Yeah. And that to me is your mindset yeah. As a person, like maybe it can do it. It is a mindset. I, I mean when people think they're at the, the final door, there are fifty doors. Mm. You know, when you're when you're when you're at the very end and you run out of ideas, ring me, I'll come up with six months, yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm a I am a man in a crisis. You know, I I, I, would, I I have grown a reputation as a non executive director of going into situations where those businesses are back against the wall, believe in the terminal. And the banks have said, well, yeah. you talk to Julie, Julie's good at these situations, and I love a fight. Yeah. Is that when you're at your best then? When, I'm, you know, I'm, probably, I'm at my best either in two things. When, when the company is a death door, yeah. or the brand, or when they're a glass ceiling and they don't outgrow anymore. Yeah. Either way, the characteristics of those two yeah. places then are very, very similar. similar. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I think we're going to, that's the kind of brief style that we're looking for. Right. And when you hire propaganda, you hire a small an army of you know branding hooligans yeah. I mean that's the kind of thing you're bringing a, yeah. you're bringing a mob on side yeah. um, and even the, the, the icon of this firm is versus we will go up against anything that is in your way that's what we do that's the team that we've got here. so is, is I'm just I've got a feeling that you know the, the young Julian is just completely and utterly as, as, as everywhere in this company yeah, although young Julian has hired some very intellectual, well-qualified, well-educated, brilliant brains mm. who will appreciate young Julian, but they're yeah. different animals yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we're in an age where you could blag it in this industry when I started it. Yeah. And you could blag it because there were clients out there who just didn't have the money to do it right. But they still needed something. Yeah. So I think it was almost an unspoken thing of, look, you're not very good, but you're telling me you're good. I'll yeah. believe that. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to pay you peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> and there's an awful lot of that was on it. But it's kind of how you cut your teeth in this business. And I don't look back at it and go, crikey, we were doing work that wasn't very good and charging yeah. for it. I think, no, we were doing work to the best of our ability, but people yeah. who weren't paying enough to have it yeah. any better. Yeah, yeah. And once you cut your teeth on that, you can get better. There are several levels of that, and we are at the top of our game. Yeah, there's no, no doubt about that. But that what that does say is being at the top of your game sometimes allows you to say to a client, "You've not got enough money to do what yeah, you want to yeah. do." You can, you, you, when you're at the, yeah. when you're up there, yeah. you can pick and choose. Yeah. You now, can now we, we we can outthink the competition. Mm. We don't always have to outspend them, mm. but you've got to have some money there. 
you know, it's pointless. There was that word viral cropped up, wasn't mm. it, eight years ago. Yeah, and the yeah. amount of clients that translated yeah. that into, I just want something that will cost nothing, yeah, that will yeah. sell yeah. a million things. Yeah. And can you go viral with this? And it's like, you know, preposterous idea. So I think that, that there is a balance, and it's a very northernism, and that balance is you need some money, but you don't need what you need in London because yeah. we know how to get the best out of that. Yeah. We'll yeah. trade that really well. Yeah. We'll, and we will put ideas in that are huge, you know. And so I'm just, I remember you, you mentioned in one recent interview about yeah. Lancashire's contract. Yeah. We're going to skip forward and I'll, I'll go back yeah. to the start of propaganda. But is that when you said about cutting your teeth? Yeah, like Lancashire we, we felt out of our depth. Yeah. Really yeah. out of yeah. our depth. Um, and even the language that they were talking, they were talking at it from, I think one of the directors had clearly swallowed the marketing handbook. And it, we just didn't understand research methodology or you know they wanted focus groups based on that we were out of that depth we were just what we, we were saying well, you know lots and lots of businesses in this game will start and say we're a marketing business over an agency what they really are are well they used to be designers yeah. in this day yeah. and age they're probably web designers yeah um it you know marketing is a very there's not many marketeers about that was always the bit that i've sold this place on the most agencies will say that they have a, a marketing edge to them. But yet when you say, right, could just do me a favour then, could you ask your marketeers to stand up? All of a sudden the designer will stand up yeah. and the copyright will stand up. And, uh, uh, and I go, no, 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 you're a copyright. You're like, Where's the marketeers? And there really are no marketeers. I think the bit that's made us very different here is that we've got people here who do nothing all day other than yeah absorb themselves in the pricing of the product, the product, the originality of the product, the new product development pipeline, the interaction with the customer, all of these things they go are deep. tangible, they're deep, they're at the, they're at the nub of it. Uh, and, and sometimes you've got to go deep. Um, so so for, for, the, for the uninitiated, because there'll be, I'm sure, people that run uh, branding, design, marketing ages listening to this, and you know that the, the what you're brilliant at doing is, is painting pictures so you, as you speak i'm seeing these things in my head and i can see these people standing up that as you say aren't marketeers mm. what define a marketeer okay i think a marketeer's job in, in, i'll say in the simplest way yeah uh, is to arrive at a proposition for a, for a client mm. and a proposition is something that you might never see written down you may never even hear about it, but that proposition will be the reason ultimately that you buy it. And the example that we give here, and it's an example that we are unapologetic about repeating, is a is a kind of nine tenths true story about Bernard Matthews, the old turkey farmer. <laughs> right. And the story the story goes that Bernard Matthews one night sits both upright in bed. And he has a vision. All he's ever done as a business is wrap turkeys in clear yeah. cling film, stick them in the freezer, and ask them. Is this is this a, a true story that you can? We, uh, we, 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 we've looked back and we would say it's ninety five percent true. Yeah, I obviously wasn't in bed with him at the time, so I can't vouch. <laughs> yeah. Can't I'm adding theatre for Christ. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we he sits up both right in bed and he has a vision in his mind. He he, he sees the Bernard Matthews turkey rasher. Okay, you can. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah, I know what you mean. He's so excited about this, he goes and he spends, lots of companies do this, and it was the downfall of textiles, I'll spend £10 million on the machine to make it. Done no research. Yeah. But I'll spend, and I'll bypass my marketing team because I know best, you know. Oh, and I'll bypass any customer research because of course they're going to want it. Yeah. And actually I'll invest little to nothing in anything other than my own confidence and, and sure as hell, a year after his idea, his sales team's knocked on the door of the multiples, so as the Tesco, so on and so forth, and they got them to buy in depth the Bernard Matthews turkey rasher. And a week later, they filled landfill with it because nobody bought it. Right. At that point there, he did what lots of clients do. He bollocked his marketing team, yeah. never asked, and, <laughs> you know, Yes, but, uh, swine is uh, assigned blame. Assigned blame is FD for approving the capex, but he took it to a company that was like the one I built. It mm. was a London agency. They were called Olintas, 
uh, don't think they're about them. Mm. Not bothered if they are. Yeah, they, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the Lolling Test did the kind of marketing piece on it that, that we, we do. And the problem with it is they did it in true London fashion, so they took a year. Right. We yeah. take two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they charge them a million quid. We might charge 50,000. Yeah, yeah. But that's where London fell yeah, out. Yeah. Um, and, and they came back to him, and there's two sides to this. There's the banal, almost stupidity of it, or the brilliance of it, and I think it's the brilliance of it. They came back and they said, okay, we've just got one line of copy, we call it a proposition, and if you put this at the heart of all your creative briefings, packaging, hmm. PR, it's going to be a success. He went, what can turn a, an abhorrent failure to the success I need it to be that is a line of copy? And they pulled the flip chart back and it said, little drum roll, Bernard Matthews, Turkey, Russia, they turned the flip chart back again and it said, a healthy alternative to bacon. Now, once you understand that, you now understand how to market it. Yeah. You understand who's buying it. So you can imagine that the ads will be targeted at the mum or the, the wife yeah. of the husband who's on statins. Yeah. The wife who is a conscientious buyer yeah. Yeah. with the husband who's still yeah. a man's man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just get it. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, yeah. now there isn't just a choice of a product I'm unsure of. I am fulfilling a need and my need is to eat a full English breakfast and feel good yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's marketing. And until you have that, you, no designer, no copywriter, no, no nothing no. can start yeah. because because you have to start from the proposition. Yeah. So that's step one for so you guys. It's step one, and it's the singular biggest step in the world. Yeah. But if I told you that most work going on in Leeds today is either void of a proposition or as non-marketeers trying to create yeah. propositions because they've heard me talk about it for 10 years, you can't learn style from a book. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you've got to live and breathe yeah. that that marketing methodology. Because for one thing, you know, you, you still have a majority of companies here who will allow two things. They will allow their designers to have a predominant sale yeah. what they want to give the client. Yeah. The designers ain't the buyer of the product. You've got to get the designer to change his or her feeling of euphoric mm. joy from looking at something that that's my flavour of design aren't I proud to have done that look at it I want to frame it that's not relevant that sells nothing if you can get them to go this piece personally for me I think it's crap yeah. but look what it's done for the product in question my joy is the same you've got to get them yeah. to shift the joy yeah. factor yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really hard just how they how they what, what designer in a thousand will, will work under those terms because they they are true designers how do you find them our reputation will attract. Right. But and when we get them, the success ratio would be one in ten. Right. It. People used to say I was carnage to work for. They would say that our attrition rate was abhorrent. Yeah. Bad words. That's how the that's how the competition would have gone yeah. at us. No, our standards are just unwavering. And the industry teaching kids right. Yeah. So we've got to teach them right and the yeah. ratio that we come up with is one in ten. So, but the good news is when we get the one, we keep them. We keep them. People here for 20 years, 15 years. What would, um, what would these people, if I asked them, what's, what's Julian like to work for? What would they say, do you think? I think he, they would say that he is um, confident more than arrogant. Fine line to tread that, isn't it? Yeah. I think they would say that they struggle when a client loves the work, but I don't, so I won't let them have it. Because they sometimes see that as unnecessary yeah. rework. Yeah, yeah. And I try and tell yeah. them it's really yeah. important that yeah. the client isn't the audience. Yeah. And actually, getting a piece of work away with the client is a short termism because when yeah. it doesn't work, they won't come back. Believe me, the client will land you in and mm. blame you at your door. So um, it is hard to work here, but I think when you are now amongst the core people that we've got here, it is. Simply, there is no other way to do it, and I think they get that. Yeah, great, so greatness that, elevates greatness. I think isn't they're it? at the point where it's you know sometimes when it's tough and it's tough often either through workload more yeah. than anything else, they could look at the grass being greener there or there, but I just think they want to do it right. Mm. And if they, they don't, they don't, they don't stay, do they? <laughs> they don't stay, or they go somewhere else and they wish they hadn't. And uh, you know, I uh, as I said before, there's not many 
great marketing led businesses out there yeah. lots of businesses stay in the market and that's that's the but big mistake that you feel it's, the, it's the big difference you know so when, when um, did you when did you um when did the, the sort of uh, when did the light flick when you thought this is what we need to do you know so, what point so, did you realize well, this you know, it goes back with a, a, a chap that i worked with i'm not gonna i'm not gonna not credit him although we kind of fell out um yeah, we fell out. <laughs> no, that's it, really. But, but right. it, it, it'd be very wrong of me not to credit him with being part of a hmm. profound moment because he was. I mean, you know, Chapo, who's a great director type guy. Hmm. I said to him, I'm really, this is when we were uh, just under Greenhead Park in Huddersfield. So, what, what, year, what year is this and how, how long have you been going? Out. So, let's say that we're about 23, I think, something like that. We're between 20 and 25. There's all slight different stories. Yeah. Was it, was it the day I opened the door or was it the day I incorporated the business and blah, 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 yeah. but I think we're about 25, you know, let's go for 25. So how, how long had propaganda been running when this came about? Uh, oh, so this is, this moment, oh, it was midterm, so middle, you know, between, you know, so 12 years ago. Right, so. okay, okay. And 12 years ago, you know, we are, despite any of the design company talking ourselves are not doing a great job, mm. but, you know, not getting paid a lot for it. And clients kind of say, loving what we do, but bigger, it ain't working. It's, it's just like terrible. I mean, we're taking money off people, you know, the client. And we were involved in the demise of textiles, and Huddersfield was collapsing around us because of the emergence of the Tiger Nations that were bringing in dye stuffs and fabrics at a fraction of the price. And none of these guys had built any brand equity to protect it, so yeah. they just fell. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, we were involved in the most banal conversations, I mean, with. Weavers going, oh, we're 10th generation family spinners here. These Chinese will never catch up. The Chinese have got flat concrete floors, nice gambling machines. They could bring a kid off the street and teach yeah. them in an hour. Yeah, yeah. It crushed us. We were complacent and we had no brand equity to protect it. So the world was struggling. So at one point, 19 out of 20 clients were involved directly or indirectly in textiles. Yeah. And we couldn't have any effect on saving them. One, we didn't know what we were doing. So we'd no marketeers, and, and if, because we'd no marketeers, we'd no gravitas. So we're dealing with the marketing teams, not the owners. Fatal. We yeah. never do that now. Right. We'll deal with the marketing teams, yeah. but if the owners are in the room. Yeah. You know, so so I think that at that point I said, well, I'm going to go and get a proper job. Doesn't want to work. Serious? Yeah, because yeah. this, is, this is the worst. Were you unfulfilled? Unfulfilled and feeling fraudulent. Right. I said, I'm going to get a proper job. I said, but before I do that, can you just go and try and tell me if there's a way to do it right? You know, the chap in question did have London experience and he said, look, the difference that you've got fundamentally is in London, they've got the marketeers. They call them planners. Right. And a planner, because a planner in my world is something that plant production on, yeah, a, yeah. on a dry white yeah, yeah. No, 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 a planner puts knowledge before assumption. Yeah, that's on your website, isn't it? Though? Yeah, it, 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 a little diagram that said, look, this, a typical agency is this circle here with agency. And a typical client-agency relationship is where the client circle bridges it, and in the overlap is where the solutions are formed. He said in London, in the big agencies, have a planner, and the planner almost acts as a third party. They drop a third circle in, it overlays it, and the, the overlap of the three is tighter. That's, that's the job of the planner, and the planner should be employed by the agency, because if it was employed by the client, the client would steer them too much. Yes, yes. Bit like a Venn diagram. So I said, well, great, this mm. sounds good, I get it, let's have a planner. He said, they're 100 plus thousand pounds. He said, they work in London, I don't think there's more than six in the country, but this is where I care, I said, I'll have one back, I'll get one back. Yeah. Uh, this is you again. This is me, I'll, I'll, I'll get one back. I'll do it, it'll, it'll work. And uh, the advice is, well, you need three years then, because you've 38 staff, uh, the payroll of X, and uh, your highest person is 30 grand. That in you because I want to pay you something more than me. Yeah. I want stupid. I said, right, I'll do it in two months. And I bought a planner, 110, I think, and uh, I brought some people up to serve him. I moved the business from 38 staff to eight staff yeah, yeah, in that. about three months. Payroll went up 38. That was the synchronicity of the numbers, uh, and we never looked back. How, how did you fund that? <clears throat> um, I was beyond overdraft. I was literally the bank was at the end of the line saying. If you write a cheque, we want clearance, and we want to see every receipt that comes right. in. Was this like a last throw of the dice then? Last throw of the dice, um, 
it's an old... <laughs> it was just the right thing to do and it had to be done at any cost. And, and cost ain't a two-year transition. Cost was I want it and I want it tomorrow. Yeah. And that's when i go back. Is that you all over? Be, I'm outnumbered, I'm outbeaten, the odds are against us, yeah. bring it on, and I'm best in that place. Yeah, back to the so world. I, I guess I just went back into that space yeah. and... Uh, I could do anything. I could attract the right person. I could hold the nerve of the other seven that were staying. I could ask the creditors for credit. I could ask the debtors to pay me quick. I could do all of those things because I was in that space. Where did that come from then? You you feel you you the football? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That. Yeah, because there was no there was no business end to my family. No. Bless us. No. There were no business people in it. So it absolutely came from that environment of kind of. Terrace entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> so, like the, the, the camaraderie that you had in your football days, have you tried to sort of do you have you brought that into your company? You know, I talk about it uh, to them in, in great length because you know they have to understand that you know, however you bottle passion, brands have to bottle passion, mm. you know, they have to do, and, and all the great ones do, you know, the great ones will take you beyond the kind of superficial into the emotional aspect of that brand. And, um, what brands do you look up to? Do you think they've nailed it? This is, you're asking a really hard question mm. there. Um, and I, I'm going to throw very vague examples at you, but there used to be a record, that's still going back, I don't like it now. Yeah. used to be a record label called 4AD that used to search for incredibly ethereal music like the cocktail twins or oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that and I used to adore what what they did you know I I think I think Stone Island if you understand its design heritage and the fact that it's out survive because any fashion is only fashion because it changes mm. you know fashion comes and goes straight jeans flare jeans straight. so the true fashion brands have an ability to transcend almost the season's look. And Stone Island, for many football kids, uh, was was incredible. It was the pinnacle of those brands. But you've done that with propaganda, haven't you? Yeah, so probably, yeah. I, I, I put my money where my mouth is, and I, I don't like to bring a client and ask them to part ways with half a million pounds. And then when, you know, when they're smart, and it is a smart question, mm. and they go, just where do you spend your branding money? I don't like to shuffle my feet and waffle. Mm. I like to kind of, you know, with the literature, the investments, the events that we do, that you know, we spend, we, we practice what we preach. Mm. Why wouldn't you practice what you preach if you believe in what you do? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it was always the great cop out for agency when they'd say, So what do you do? And they don't do anything. You know, it's just brilliant. They've got a web holding page, but they're not yeah, populated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Twitter feeds out there, all those things. It's like, guys, you're trying to sell me something yeah. you're not yeah, believing. Do yourself, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. like that. I, so, don't, I don't get that how people that, that are buying service from anyone, let's because we're talking about agencies. First thing I'd say is, well, what are you doing? Like when people say, I, I can show you how to turn your business into a 10 million pound business. First question I say, have you done it, mate? Yeah. No. Well, when you have, yeah. come back and tell me and you yeah. can take anything you yeah. want from me. But yeah. until you've done it, yeah. are you doing it? How can yeah. I trust you yeah. that you know no, what you're no, talking no, about? No, look, if you, if you want to get into brave territory with that conversation, there has to be failures. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no soccer game on the planet that's not techno-based and that's any good. You've got to take the pace. Yeah. What pastings have, have you had then? <sighs> not not at the football, but oh, in, um, you know, here. Or in, not at, what's Julian? What's Julian experienced that, look, that's I, made him I, what he is? I, I think that I once convinced someone to spend a million on TV, but, for, you know, did I forget or did I assume they would do it? You know what, me being me, I'll be big enough to go, I forgot. Hmm. I forgot to make sure that their sales teams had stopped themselves with the product. <laughs> so, you know, when the demand came through, the product sold out and wasn't replaced quick enough. So the, 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 thing, the, the robustness of the, the campaign plan wasn't thought through. The ad were great. Yeah, the front end worked. Were great, but, but it, it, the, the process wasn't there. It haunts me to this day, but then again, you know, boy, are we now rigorous mm. when it comes yeah. to stuff like that. Other mistakes is 
taking budgets where you know the minute you take them it's not enough. Right. But your needs might be that look, we've got our overheads so in South Atman yeah. fixed to go, you know, let's, back so in let's the day just then, take no. that money. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, and you take it and you just inherit a future problem yeah. that's always, yeah. always, always going to bite you. And this is, you these can't because you're not got enough money to do the job. No. So the minute you start it, you set the clock off to the argument with the client. And you're constantly chasing your tail, trying to get things done quicker, yeah. maybe, not yeah. to the standard. And, and you know what, I mean, I'll say that's a failure. I mean, what we've done in that situation more than most is do a hell of a load of free work to correct it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's what you should do yeah, in yeah, that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We certainly aren't walkers away. No, no, morally, you stand by it's it and, and things show. Yeah, yeah, it's just, a, it's an amazing company you've built and, and like, that's not me saying it, that's everyone, you know, that, that everyone that comments on business, on on design and consultancy, you know, what, what you've done here, you don't need me to tell you this, but I'm just verbalising my thoughts on it. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, well, it's, it's flattering to hear, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think he is? You know, when you when you yeah. you look back now and like you know, I'm not saying by any way you're finished because you're still here. You're still, you know, what do you ever look back at yourself and go, you know what? I didn't have done fucking all right. So no, never, no. And that is no, no. I didn't think you would. But no, no, no. Why is that? Um, I, I think the minute I say it, I get complacent. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah. I knew you were going to say. I just that. get complacent. I am as I am as on it and as eager more so mm. than ever before. Yeah, and you don't. Let's be honest. You don't need to be here, do you? You know, from a from a you know. Well, need pay, need financially. That's what I mean. Need need, need financially. Need to be emotional. Yeah, but financially, you know, you don't need I'm to be a here. I'm a psycho. Here. I need to be here <laughs> doing doing this. What I do, I've got to be here. Financially, no, I don't think no. you do. And I'll tell you why. Uh, because I think that the saddest thing I've seen of late is. The, the, the absolute reality that the wealthier business makes people, the less happy they get. Right. Um, I think that's a fact. Right. Um, Why is that? The, the people that judge success by having a pound more tomorrow than they have today, and it becomes over time an obsession. Yeah. And then eventually, if you think about it, there can be no there can be no satisfaction no. because you can't ever stop to enjoy life. It's an infinite chase, isn't it? It's an infinite chase, and, I, and you know, you know, with a client recently, ex-client who, who took his own life, an extremely wealthy man, but you know, mental issues. Mm. I'm sure he's probably won't mind me saying that. Mm. Um, it really shook all of us because uh, if there's one guy that. Were in a position to kind of enjoy the rest mm. of his life without yeah. doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of them, and uh, he couldn't. I guess he couldn't leave the game. Mm. You know. So for me, I, I, I don't ever have any time going. Can I do it? Because I, I am so uninterested in that. Do you ever doubt yourself? All the time. Yeah. All the time. What about just? What, what, what doubts does Julian Kiniston have? Well, because Julian, you know, he said some lovely things about him. I'm thinking, you know, that's the guy who was an ex-freaking idiot when he was a kid. <laughs> you know, it might sound plausible if I gave you a lot of credibility of Oxford, Cambridge and the like, but, you know, and, and marketing schools and academia, and I've got none of them. No, no. I've learned on the job. Yeah, that's the, that's the best way to, the only way to learn. In, yeah, in whatever well, you do, I, you know, I, I think so. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have the utmost respect now for the academics yeah. that work is because you know what, they, they, they enhance our battle mm. plans. You know, their reputation makes us more fearsome. Mm. I think I heard a great quote from competition once, but this was before we stopped pitching, because I can't stop pitching. What, what, sorry, I, I remember this. Yeah. What, what made you stop pitching? The, the, well, the fact is, fundamentally, the most stupid thing ever. Mm. Uh, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, so a pitch for people that don't know is where a client will say, I want to use an agency, we'll have this pitch, yeah. and we're going to give them a challenge, and they're going to come in and they're going to pitch their mm. ideas, and we'll see you back in a fortnight. Mm. So our process, true marketing process, our shortest process for telling you anything worth listening to is three months. Right. Prior to that, it's knowledge before, it's assumption before knowledge. knowledge. 
So to think that a client wants to choose his agency on a two-week formed view, hmm. we haven't got a process fast enough to give it no. any worth listening no. to. And secondly, often in that situation, the agency that will throw the most at it is the agency that's got no work on. Yeah. Now, three, there's so a they've got more time, haven't they, to spend well, on it? Well, they've got more time because they've got no work. Hmm. So the question I'd be asking is why I've got no work. Yeah. But there's another one, and you know, it really is quite simple. If a client cannot choose an agency on that agency's track record, I don't want to work with that. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbo. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, if you have if you cannot instruct an audit of what's good in mm. the age world by what have they done and meeting them and having chemistry yeah. so if all you really want is to have smoke blown up your yeah. ass, taken out for yeah. lunch yeah. and slavishly sitting command of us all coming through and kowtowing to you with our un, you know, unproven ideas yeah. so you can buy the pretty picture which yeah. might not work yeah. go to someone else because mm. it's the best shit filter in the world yeah. is telling somebody you don't pitch I've, I've always thought as well when, when these companies are creating these pictures, it's costing them all that money to yeah. get that pitch together just to go yeah. and oh, see and, and, and But the thing is, and this is what's out for, if you come from this industry, they'll love the pitch. Yeah. The high of winning it is unquestionably great, yeah. that, and, that, and I'm not going to deny that. The cost of losing it is unquestionably critical terminal mm. sometimes, mm. but it's nothing to do with that. It's, Who's to say the client's bought what he should have bought mm. or she should have bought? Mm. The chance of that happening is probably low. Mm. But, you know, the, the people who are instructing pictures are these marketing director types. Mm. They often are the only director not on board. They're the most transient director. They stay yeah. two years, yeah, fail, yeah. and yeah. get sacked. Yeah. And yet, we, when we, were, we didn't just send out a picture, we just said, in, in a way, we, we deal with the owners. We will deal with the yeah. owners of the brand. We set in the relationship and yeah. what you... It's like everyone says what a client demands, but the your demands Our as well. Our brand these strategy are. will yeah. probably last five, six, seven directors in the marketing world. So I think the owners ought to be yeah. liaising with yeah. us directly. Yeah. And that's part of your... Not it's our terms of engagement. Mm. But, you know, you need them. And that's all we would do is... I mean, if we didn't have that now, we were a typical agency. I'll tell you what will be happening today. Half the agents will be working on pictures to win mm. clients for tomorrow... At the, and the people paying for that time with the yeah. clients that yeah, are getting yeah, under service yeah, today yeah, to be yeah. this is why agencies get it, can't lose it, get it, lose it, get it, lose it, get it, lose it. We keep it, keep it, keep it. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a dark day when we lose a client. Mm. And we do lose clients, yeah, yeah. but the main reason has been that they get bought out because we go to the VCs, the banks, somebody wants to buy them. Yeah. And that's when they tend to leave yeah. is when, when we've done yeah. our ultimate So you're job. a victim of success. Victim of success with it, doesn't matter, policy. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I'm I'm conscious that you, with the time is limited. I could literally sit here all afternoon and listen to Julian. Um, there's stuff I'd love to have covered, but we've not had time. I just thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so last one. Yeah. When you look back, have you anything, any regret? Have you got one? What's your, if you have any regrets, what's your biggest single regret today? I know you're nowhere near finished, but where we sit today. I would have liked to have been... Um, I am vehemently anti-hunt. Yes. Yeah. And I th- and it's not just the hunt; it's what it stands for. And and this, you know, what privileged the privileged elite can, how they can flout the law. Mm. People who I know, we go through traffic lights, we go at thirty-four, we get three points, we pay <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. They break the law, but because of who they are, yeah. they get let off. Who the families, who the parents are. And I wish that I was... Do you know what I really wish? I really wish I could have taken my boys from Wuddersfield and Netherton and gone and just battered everyone yeah. in the lab. Yeah. I just loved that one. Yeah. Now I, I want space and time to almost try to do a singular piece of marketing or, or communication brilliance that, that tips that into the history, the dark history of yeah. mankind. Yeah. I, I'd love to just, I'd, I'd love to have done more for that cause, mm. but I've only just recently become aware of it. And, uh, so it's not so much a regret other than, you know, crack it on my head. I'd love to have just know how much I don't like them guys when I was younger. Yeah. 
people who weren't aware of what was happening as no, much. Well, maybe. there were a little bit of it, and it's interesting because I think the soccer culture and, and even cultures, most youth cultures have got an intellect behind mm. them. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, with any degree of intellect behind, you ain't going to like the freaking hunt. No. Like, let's be No, I agree. I, I, I agree. You're um, not going to like I don't chasing a I don't get Dressed any. up in red with your mates, wearing red, looking like Prince. You don't like it. So, to, to my mind, I, I, I have a regret that I know if I centred my efforts yeah. on it, I could crush it. Yeah. And I don't underestimate what you're crushing there, because you're crushing an illness, you're crushing decades of indoctrination, yeah. And yeah, yeah. this pathetic use of the word culture when applied that way is a disgrace to the word culture. I agree, I agree. Um, I'd love to just do that. And is that a regret? It will be if I haven't done over the next 12 months, I suppose. Is that so you're thinking you're going to start looking to... I'm already on my brain. I'm, I fund it now. I fund the whole sound groups. Yeah. I send them money, which is crass, isn't it? But No, no I've, the, I've seen the, on Twitter. You, yeah, you tweet they, a lot they, of stuff, they, don't they you? They need the money. And uh, even since I've been doing it, you know, the, um, the Hunts are now hiring thugs and... Are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's, 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 the police turned a blind eye to it because the superintendent yeah. drinks with yeah. more yeah, yeah, yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just absolutely boring. But, yeah, stuff uh, like that makes me sick. The, the yeah. Makes everybody sick. It does. I, I don't get it. Body. There's nothing to get. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, there's not one thing in me that thinks that how someone could gain pleasure from attacking an animal yeah. you know I, 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 I'm not a violent person but I get that so, so, so yeah I'd love to turn our might uh, as an agency yeah. into a cause hunting mm. um, will be very controversial because it's very dear to me but any, you know anything animal related yeah. we could go in and uh, help mm. you know even the challenge of saying to people don't you know Oh, if you're going to buy a dog, buy it from a, yeah. you know... Yeah, yeah. Uh, My mum says dogs that. My mum says that, all, yeah. all those little things. But, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to do something. Whether that answers the question of Willie Brown, I'm not too sure. No, I mean, I think the answer would have to be, I regret not enjoying all the holidays I've ever had because they mostly get wiped out with worrying about work. I think I know that had I gone and enjoyed them, would still be, but I've got this illness all entrepreneurs have got. The minute we stop worrying about it, the minute it's a battle yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's yeah. a curse. Yeah. And it, that is the burden that I think you carry with you, this burden of no matter how big you get, no matter how good the numbers are, no matter how stable you look, you are you then just lower the bar for paranoia again. I do. You know, there's no complacency. That, that last line you said about stop worrying about it, uh, what can't we just you just actually nailed how I think in my head. Yeah. You know, no, the minute I stop worrying about it, yeah, it's about yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah. so it's almost like I keep the demons away, yeah, might be hyper-paranoid, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally, I understand that. And I think it's hard for anyone that doesn't run a biz, I'm not saying I'm in your league, but my brain, my mindset is the same, yeah. and I get that totally. And, you know, I've met people who, and it's interesting, because I think the premise of the Dale Carnegie courses, which I despise, hmm. is nothing bad ever happens. And there is a degree of truth to that until you realise that that's all of the horseshit and stuff bad happens that's all the yeah, time. Yeah, it does, yeah. And, and, and all yeah. I can say is, at 52, I'm not prepared to change what has worked for yeah. me, which yeah. is yeah. I'll try and always consider the darkest of scenarios. Yeah. And when I can deal with that in my head, and I can kind of do whatever yeah. happens, yeah. Because yeah. Like, I have to play out the very worst case scenario. Yeah. And once I've done that, I can't be particularly hurt then, can yeah, I? Because no. the rest probably aren't going to be that bad. But guess what? If they were, I've done it. I know where that takes. I said that to my wife. I say, I always look at the worst, <coughs> worst case scenario because that's never going to happen. But it's not for a happy mind, isn't that? You know. And I've had clients who can also they can they can be going into liquidation, they can be going next, and they're still in the pub that night with their mates laughing at jokes. Yeah. On my low periods, and we've had half a dozen over twenty yeah. years where yeah. it's been tough. Yeah. I, 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 I just don't go out. No. I won't drink, I won't, I won't reward myself yeah. with any physical, yeah, yeah, yeah. anything. I'm yeah. just going to a very callous state of A bit like hibernation, is it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's self-taught, I won't reward myself. Yeah, you know, you've, you've got to do that meeting tomorrow before yeah. you can go out yeah. for a drink, you've got to pull that if you've got to get that. How do you reward yourself then? I know we're going on here, so I apologise, yeah. but how do you reward yourself? I've seen your cars on Instagram <laughs> and things like that, and you, and you know, know where you live. Uh, I, my wardrobe is obscene. Um, 
so outlawed, you know, I've done all the cliche things like watches and wardrobes, but to be honest now, I'm, I'm, I'm loving where we live, I like extending that property a little bit. Uh, my wife was horse crazy and got donkeys and all that kind of stuff, and they're, they're, you know, they are a um, cost, but I like that, I like doing yeah. that well. If I've a spare ground here or there, I'll throw it at the Hunt Sabaton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love my music, I love punk rock, I always have done. So I then marry the two, so I've got a Hunt Sabs, um, uh, who put a first gig on last year, where we had the Angelic Upstarts uh, headlining. This year we've got Dirtbox Disco and an Evil Hour coming to Barnsley, the uh, old schoolhouse where all the funds would be for the Hunt Sabaton. So that's just marrying two yeah. things together, yeah. which is yeah. good. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a small group of friends, which I like. And yeah. Not not a big group, but it's just been quite unusual really, because so much of the past has kind of come back in a very friendly way through football and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And all the old rivalries have been mm. kind of uh, all in a good way. All in a yeah. great way. Yeah, yeah. It just reminds you of who you were and what that's yeah. made you today. Yeah. So. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Julian. I really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's been amazing. It's flown uh, with 10 minutes over, so I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but Julian Kiniston, sorry. thank you very, very much. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.